It's Sunday, March 27th, the first day of Shop Talk, and this is Talk Commerce. Do you want to create more engaging content in your newsletters? Jared Loftus helps us to understand the importance of a great newsletter. Raza enables marketers to create newsletters that engage customers through curated content that helps to build relationships. They give businesses a way to provide a real benefit regularly for everyone on their email list. And not just regularly, but relevantly. Through automation, businesses can engage with a new level of frequency without having to spend more time, effort, or money. Talk Commerce is brought to you by ChipBot. Are you enjoying answering the same question over and over every day? Do you wonder why people are leaving your site? Are you sick of knowing how many carts are left abandoned, moments away from a sale? Or are you just getting exhausted thinking about parsing all that data from your website? I recently found this great tool that I installed on the Talk Commerce website. You can see it live right now at talk-commerce.com. Chipbot Pylons and Chipbot Nexus are two tools integrated into one plugin that helps you manage your site smarter. It took me less than 15 minutes to configure and install. I have a thumbnail video that I recorded myself and I can instruct visitors on something to do and an action to take. You also have the option of configuring different action items like send me an email. Through Chipbot Nexus, I can answer questions, and more importantly, I can learn from my clients by listening to what they are asking for. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, you can log into your dashboard and get metrics on what your visitors are doing on your site. During the installation process, I got fantastic support, and Chipbot helped me to make my bot even better. Try it today. It's free. Go to GetChipbot.com and sign up today. That's GetChipbot.com. G-E-T-C-H-I-P-B-O-T dot com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Jared Loftus. He is the COO at Rasa.io. Jared, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what your day-to-day life looks like and maybe one of your passions in life. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I am, I guess you could say it's my day-to-day life and my passion of just good old-fashioned startup entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid and have had multiple businesses along the way. I'm sure we'll talk about some of them today because I have, I, I do have a background in e-commerce and and now in the world of technology and AI. That's so. All Fantastic, and that we in the green room we little we talked a little about you're in New Orleans. I'm in Minneapolis. We're connected by a river. Do you ever get up? How far do you ever get onto <laughs> the river? And do you go up the river at all? I, I think the little boy in me thinks about Tom Sawyer and how that 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 kind of trip up the river would be quite exciting. I've heard of people doing that. I have not. But as we were discussing earlier about the possibilities, that may be something I have to look into on, on how I could not only get up there but do it. By boat up. Yeah, it's probably easier River. to go down, a lot cheaper, anyways. Uh, and our probably our former governor easier. Jesse Ventura actually went on a uh, jet ski 
expedition down the river. So he went from Minneapolis to New Orleans. Anyways, let's talk about e-commerce today and let's talk about email marketing. So I know that uh, some people feel email could be on the way out. What, what's your opinion on that? How do you think email fits into marketing nowadays? Uh-oh. No, I, I, I laugh in the face of those comments. Respectfully, though, I... It's one of those things that's been around forever. And I, I think people make that comment for two reasons. One, because it's been around so long. And so they just naturally think it's going to get pushed out. But two, because most people are going to say, oh, I get way too many emails. I'm overwhelmed with emails. There's too many in my inbox. Like the last thing I need is another email. And regardless of that, you're still using it every day. Like find me a person that's not using email every day. So I don't think it's going anywhere. And I think there's a ton of benefit to be had with it on both sides, really, the receiver and the sender. But as the people probably listening to this are more on the sender side of how they can use it, I think there's plenty of ways to consider that email is still super relevant for you as a And I think there's always been this worry about spam. As a business owner, spam, buying a list, how would you recommend somebody starting, if they're starting from scratch, how, how would you say get started on your email list? Yeah, so nat- I think there's probably some mixed reviews on this, on what I'm about to say. But naturally, in the world of e-commerce, most likely you're getting an email address when someone makes a purchase. And if they're making a purchase of your product, then they've narrowed in on this area that they're interested in. And with that, I think that's the, the natural first place to go to start your email list are your customers. Right. You can do all of the kind of hygiene things around asking them at the point of purchase if they want to sign up for the e-com. Bare minimum, you bring all your customers onto your list and you obviously give them the ability to unsubscribe from that. But start with your customers. The second place I would say is make it really easy for people to sign up for your email list on your website before they may sign up before they're a customer, right? So maybe they're shopping around, they're considering your site amongst other sites, or maybe they're not even ready to purchase, but they know they will be in the future and they want to see what you're about. Making that easy for them to do on your website, it would be, would be the next natural place. Is, Is there some unspoken rules about how many emails to send and who to send them to and, and list size and then segmentation. Can you walk us through some of those things? Yeah, you absolutely. So you get, so email is as simple as, as you want to make it's as complex as you want to make it, right? What kind of CRM are you using? What marketing automation are you using? The way that, that I would think about it from the get go is, is one, you build this list. (laughs) If that's going into a CSV file, that you have to export every time you want to email to get the latest list, then so be it, right? You may have some people that are just getting started and and don't have the big budget to go after a HubSpot integration. And if they're just using something regular like MailChimp or something with a, a low monthly fee that they can afford, then there's nothing wrong with that. You build your email and you send it on as regular a basis, I think, as you can justify for whatever you're doing. And, and what I mean by that is some people are in, in a world that moves very quickly and their customers interact with them very often. Then maybe you can do that more often. I'd say anywhere between weekly or biweekly 
is probably where you can go. You start going to daily or three times a week or multiple times a week. I think you have to have a really good reason for that. And, and you also have to consider what kind of email is it always, are you blasting them always with, Hey, here's the new product. Here's the new service. And it's me. It's, it's all about the sender or are you being somewhat helpful to them? Are you giving them other information that's helpful to them that, that isn't always you just trying to sell? Because if that's the case, like I encourage people to think about how excited are you to talk to the person in real life that every time you talk to them, they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. And if your email is doing that, if your email is doing that, then it's, then they probably feel the same way. So you have to gauge that. And do you, uh, have, as a practice, I'm assuming that you also sign up for email lists to see what sort of engagements you get. I can oh. say that. I literally was signing up for one right before we got on the call. Like I, I'm a junkie for. Yeah. For, and for and I can say, just like you said, I can say personally, what works for me is content that I can read and, and, and get some value out of the ones that don't work as you've just earlier said, were the ones that are just always trying to sell you something. There's a product for over the ear headphones. I won't, I won't, I bought them, but now I'm on their list and geez, before Christmas and around Christmas, I got an email every day and I finally unsubscribed from the list because I was getting bombarded. If I think one thing to say is, would you recommend going to lower emails once they've purchased so you don't hit them too hard after a purchase? There's any rules around? I don't, th there's, I don't want to say there's any rules, right? It's a, it, it depends on your industry. It depends on what you're doing. I think that it's fairly natural for e-commerce folks to send out more more regularly towards the end of the year during the holidays during peak buying times but i think you also have to consider when you're at a point where you're sending multiple emails i think at some point you have to map out what emails are going to which people right because we did this ourselves so rasa is a company that has an email platform right we're in the business of newsletters so I'd like to believe that we have to hold ourselves to a higher stand of how we're going to interact with people via email because it, it's our product. But we also have to use it ourselves as a marketing tool. And we sat down and mapped out all of the different emails that we send people from our own newsletter to our trial newsletters to our transactional, I'm sorry, our transactional emails, our trial emails, our newsletter and then, and then follow up emails for people that have done like a demo or something. So a little bit SaaS is different than e-commerce to a certain degree, but there's still a lot of the kind of same ideas. And once we mapped up all of the different emails, we had some people that were getting an email from us, not only multiple times a week, but in some, on some particular days, they could get two to three emails from us of like on Thursday, they got our newsletter. They got the demo follow-up and then they got the trial sign-up day three email. And so it's just like all over the board. And so you have to map that out to understand what it is. Because if you say, okay, they just bought a product from me. We're going to sign them up for our email and then and do all this stuff. It's possible that if you don't set it up correctly, they got a receipt for their purchase they got a, thanks for shopping with us. We've put you on the email list and our newsletter came out today. So we're sending that to you. And then, oh yeah, here's a coupon for the next thing. Like the, 
Last thing you want to do is send somebody a coupon right after they bought from you, like moments when it's, ah, like, what? <laughs> I just spent my money with you. No, so it's frustrating unless you map all of that out. And those are, that's more of what I would call to action. Like you're trying to get a response. What Rasa does is, I think kind of what you were talking about around like newsletters. So a newsletter is different than a, a marketing, like a transactional email. You mentioned the headphones is, hey, we have these, these headphones, they're on sale for a certain amount of time by now, right? A newsletter of that, let's say that particular company would be something that's giving you content around the world of audio, right? Hey, here are the, the latest trends in, in, in headphones, in audio equipment, in the cable, like whatever, like content around that stuff that somebody that bought headphones would find interesting. And so now you're starting to have a conversation. So back to the analogy of the salesperson that's just like, all they do is try to sell to you. Think back to the people that you have done business with that didn't annoy you. You probably had some kind of relationship form. Like you talked about other things. They got to know you, which allowed you to better understand what it was that, that they were about or what they were trying to sell but not in this overt, a million hits kind of way. And, and that's where newsletters can come in of you giving something to the recipient that's helpful and relevant to them without trying to sell them all the time. And so that's where Rasa comes in to try to help you make that more possible because you see tons of newsletters coming out. There's people that are doing newsletters as a business, right? Like, their product is their newsletter because they go out and sell ads. But on the e-commerce side, I think there's plenty to be gained from that as well. Because if they've done business with you, they searched you out, they found you, they, they somehow got to you and bought your product. Unless they're buying from you every single day or every single week, then having something that you can send to them that's interesting and relevant and, and worth them opening in between those transactions like, how great is that? How, like, how valuable is that if you can stay on their radar in between those transactions? Yeah, and I think you've put a big distinction, especially from a service business or a, where you're selling a service and they bought that service and now, and now they're going to continue to pay for that service over a year or buying a shirt or something like that. And, and also, I've also, I've had that experience where you bought something and then initially you immediately get an, a, co a coupon and you're like, wait. I could have then, I could return this and get twenty percent off. Why, why don't I do that? That's super frustrating. Earlier, you did mention AI. Are you using some AI tools to help to make sure that customers aren't getting the wrong emails? Yeah. So this is so the AI that we use is in the content that goes into the to the actual newsletter. And so the way that it it happened. Let's say let's say you've got your talk commerce newsletter. Right. And so you most likely read a lot of content around e-commerce, Magento, just various things in that industry. As you do that, imagine if you had a place that you could put those articles that you found interesting as just a holding ground for content in your newsletter. Over the course of, let's say, a week, you read 20, 30 articles. OK, you would send a newsletter out to everybody on your email list that has all 30 articles in it. That's too much in a newsletter. But what happens is our AI would take over from there and say, okay, here's this pool of 30 articles you've read that you find interesting and worth sharing. 
And then the AI is going to choose which of the, maybe you've set it up to send seven articles in each newsletter. The AI is going to choose these seven articles for Brent, these seven articles for Jared, these seven articles for the next person. And so it decides which articles go to which people based on what have they been clicking on and reading and engaging with in previous newsletters. So as that person engages with you, then the AI is going to choose that content that they think that it thinks would be the most relevant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's super helpful. And I, I know I just posted a new podcast today about lately AI. They, they do content generation off a blog post. So this is very similar to that. It helps the users, helps the business owner to send the correct content to the users when, so, so in order to, so the Rasa platform will also then do the transactional emails, or this is in, in addition to the regular e-commerce transactional yeah, emails that are happening. That it'd be in addition to, that's a good point. So there's still room for those other emails, the one-off or the call to action. This is going to be mostly in the newsletter. And then to piggyback on your last comment, to distinguish between the two. So we're using AI for the curation and an engagement side of the newsletter. Whereas the, the lately I, you, you mentioned content generation. So they're like actually generating content, whereas we're going to curate the content. The, the people use the term AI very generally, and there's like multiple specific facets of it. And so I want to be clear on we're, we're not right. Um, I don't want to say we write content for your newsletter, but we compile the content that you've said is good enough to share and determine which are. Yeah. And I didn't mean people. to say that they compete against each other. So that, that's a very good, that's a no, valid no, no, point. No, no, yeah. No, thanks I, for I, clarifying I, that. I, I think in, in the Adobe world, there's Adobe Sensei that, that draws, interp- it draws data from users and, and helps recommend other products. This would be like a content recommend, recommendation engine that you would then uh, put into a, into a newsletter and help people understand what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's the example I use because it's one that I've lived. So I, my very first business out of college was a, it was actually brick and retail store selling collegiate apparel. It was a store right next to Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. And I, I eventually got into e-commerce, did e-commerce. And the thing that always was difficult for me is that business is mostly seasonal, right? It's mostly football season. And so August to December is when we could sell as much as we could sell. And then unless they went to a national championship, January to July was tough, right? And in the world that we're in today, things move so quickly. New companies come out, new products come out. There's so much stuff to keep up with. I I was in a weird spot because January to July, I, I wasn't coming out with a lot of new products. And even the new products we came out with, most people didn't care because they were football fans. And so I had to come up with a way to, to keep engaged with these people so that they didn't forget about me from July, from January to July. And, and so what we've seen now is, so we've, we've, I've got a, basically an LSU newsletter that pulls in LSU content from Sports Illustrated, ESPN, all the major like sports outlets, and then compiles this, LSU focused newsletter on a weekly basis. 
it's pretty much set it and forget it in my case. Not all the time can you do that, but in this case it is. And so what that is now they get an email from me branded with my company, but it's about something that they're interested in and, and relevant to them as an LSU fan and I'm not selling them. So now at least my brand name is in front of them January to July, and they're not getting pissed off and, and oh, I gotta go, I, I'm gonna unsubscribe to this thing. This, they're, all they're doing is trying to sell, sell. Now I'm just like providing them content that they probably are gonna go find somewhere else anyway, but now they're getting it from me. So that come August when football season's ramping up and they're starting to get excited and now they're ready to spend some money on the, the new products, like it's a natural, like I can slide back into that inbox with that transactional email saying, hey, here's the new product. And it's just a more seamless engagement as opposed to this lumpy thing where they don't hear from me for seven months. Yeah, no, that's good. That uh, so we've been talking about content. How would you recommend then business owners putting content in their e email? And I'm assuming you'd want to mix it up with a little bit of educational content with some teasers to buy something, make it make. Totally. So you want to, you, again, it's a mix of what you want to, what you want to achieve. There's absolutely places in there where you can put your own content, where you could put your own products as far as promote your own products. And so I think you, you have to hone in on what is it that your business is about? What product are you, maybe you sell like high end fly fishing rig, and that's something that somebody's maybe not buying from you every month. But what is it that you could send to somebody that's willing to buy a fly fishing reel? What content are they going to be interested in? Probably various other outdoor topics. Maybe you have your own content. You would obviously bring that in. That'd be great. But a lot of e-commerce people like are so busy with their own business that they don't have the time to also create content that's good. And so now it's like leverage this other stuff. Leverage what other people are talking about in the world of fly fishing, great destinations, other accessories that that may make sense. There's probably a list of top 10 best whatever, right? There's stuff that you can find out there that would probably be interesting to that person. And that's the type of content, right? Don't go in, oh, well, I sell fly fishing reels. It needs to be only content about fly fishing reels and it all has to point to my website. That's just another sales email. <laughs> email. Like be, how do you be helpful? Because the thing that probably the biggest pushback we get as we talk to marketers is why would I ever send them an email that sends them somewhere else? Maybe to be helpful? <laughs> like, you know, like you're not getting 100% of their clicks. They, they, they go other places on the internet, you understand. So maybe if you could be helpful and you get the credit for that, you get the benefit of, Hey, I sent this email to Brent and while I'm not selling him something, he's, he now remembers that I helped him out. That can, if you're playing the long game here, then in engaging that customer and, and establishing that customer relationship through the content, then, then you shouldn't be worried about this one click where they went somewhere else, A, but B, now we're, you know, part of the platform, we're going to report that back. Wouldn't that be interesting for you to know that maybe they didn't go to your website, but they did go read this article somewhere else that may be helpful for you. Or maybe you're starting to develop your own content plan 
and you don't know where to start, now you've got a place to look and go, what were the topics that my my email list was reading about? Let's start there. Let's read. Let, let's If I'm going to write something, let me take the time to write something I know they're interested yeah, in. Yeah, so I think uh, what I'm hearing you say is there's uh, two parts of this. Number one is the AI engine will start learning what they're clicking on and, and start to develop better content for the users based on the content that the owner is providing for it, but also the owner can learn more about what could be selling better by what people are clicking on. Uh, so back to the fly fishing example, Absolutely. You know, maybe maybe the, they want to offer some extended vacations or I don't know, some kind of, maybe there's a lot of content about uh, mountain fishing and there's different types of flies that have to be in there, whatever, you, you get the idea, but there's two parts of it, right? So the AI engine is always learning. And I think the broader the content that the AI engine can learn from, the better it's going to be at getting the right content for the right users. But as a business owner, you always want to know what is the best thing that I could be doing and selling and what do I not know about what I could be selling. And I think seeing some, yeah, seeing some of that know? data coming. That's right. a great, that's a that great data point. coming through can help you. So yeah, let's talk about what what helps the business owner expand their newsletter and expand their base to help them get a more robust newsletter. Totally. So I think that it's got to start somewhere, right? So let's assume that they've been sending this email out, they're getting good open rates, they're getting good click rates, which is what we see, right? Because it, we're making this more relevant and interesting to each individual as they see that. What we find is that they typically are opening more and clicking. As you have that, now you have this kind of foundation to build on. And there's all kinds of different things that you can do, especially when you're in the world of having a product that you sell, where it's one, asking people that are on your current list to share this to other people to come on the list. So right now you're able to get that email address from somebody that maybe hasn't ever heard of you and isn't a customer yet. So if you could build that out, then you can do all kinds of promotional things. There's plenty of software out there that allows you to help track the credit. So I could say, Brent, if you bring in 10 people to sign up for my newsletter, then you're going to get this free item. And if you get 50 people to sign up, you get this even better. For some reason, you get a thousand people to sign up for my newsletter, then you've got a free trip to the mountains to go fly fishing with a guide, an all expense paid trip, whatever, right? You can, you could build out these packages. <clears throat> the software is out there that's readily available that can track that kind of stuff. And now you've got word of mouth marketing on your newsletter. So it's a low lift, right? Like I'm not asking you to find me a thousand new customers. I'm asking you to find people interested in this world that I'm talking about the content and they're just signing up for my newsletter, right? Because now you have the content that's relevant and interesting. It's going out on a regular basis. It's not super taxing on you as the business owner to get it out. And then the people receiving it actually are not only just interested in it, but interested in it to the point where they're gonna promote it to their friends like it, it doesn't take long to see how that snowball builds that, that you could really have a, a big asset there from a marketing standpoint. And, and that's just one, that's one way of promoting somebody to, to sign up for your list. There's all kinds of different tactics on growing your list once you have that good. But it, 
it, it's hard to grow a list for an email if it's not any good. And so it has to start with, you got to have something good that people are willing to sign up for. Yeah, the buzzwords in the e-commerce community right now are content in commerce or contentful commerce. So content is really starting to drive where commerce is going nowadays. And I can 100% see how important it is to have that right content in that newsletter and not to overwhelm them. If we were to just talk about raw numbers and that you're a business owner, what sort of what what is the low bar on getting a newsletter open rate and how can you like is, think, like how do you help business owners set goals to get their open rate higher most people are going to say like an industry average which is a funny even concept because email is all over the board but industry average i can tell you it's like around 20 and and it wildly <laughs> differs depending on who's sending, how often, all the things we've already talked about. But if it's just a, hey, we got to give you a, a general use case here, where are you at on the 20%? Are you way under that? If you're way above that, hey, you're doing something really well, you may not want to change it, okay? Or, or you may not want to scrap it at least. Maybe you add to it or do something. If you're well under that, if you're in the single digits, you should absolutely reevaluate. Like you're either emailing too much and this is in the world of e-commerce, I get this because I've been in this world. I know that every time I send an email, I'm going to make money. If it's, a, if it's a, hey, here's a product, this is the price, like sale, whatever. Every time I send an email, I know I'm going to make money. However, the more often I send that email, the less money I make per email. So it's a balance. If I'm spreading them out, I could do one email, boom, get a big hit. If for some reason I'm starting to send it out, it's during the holidays. After Black Friday, I'm sending it every single day. It the, the like return on email, if you will, is lower. If you've been hitting people up like that for a long time, then your open rate is probably pretty low. I, if it's at that point, I would encourage you to go look at your unsubscribe. How many people are unsubscribing for your from your email, and how often? You may find that like. For every five people that you bring in in a week, you lose 10. That's a losing proposition. So check your unsubscribes. And then from there, I'd also say check your list. It, it like people, when you work really hard to get an email uh, address, it's really hard for you to throw it away, right? It's really hard for you to get rid of it because, man, I worked so hard to get it, to get that customer, to get that person. If you pull out your, if you can look at your emails and most software will allow for this, go back six months, go back a year. Has this person opened a single email from you? If not, you may want to consider taking that person off of the list because the thing that we haven't really discussed is there are repercussions to just blasting people all the time and your open rate going down. Like the email systems, the email, the back office email providers are going to start to ding you if you have low open rates and a high unsubscribe rate. That means all those emails you're sending out may not even be winding up in people's inboxes because you don't have a good sending reputation, right? Like you have an issue with your domain, you have an issue with your IP. That's a separate topic, but that is a concept people need to understand. There are consequences to just send in tons and tons of emails and getting no response. You, you, some people may think, oh, what's the what's the downfall? The downfall is that you could eventually lacklist yourself into not having your emails go out. 
So I, I think that's where you start. Are you over or above? Are you over or under 20%? And then depending on how under the 20% you are, I'd look into your unsubscribe rates, your your open, like, break down your list and see when the last time somebody opened was. You They may have gave you, they may have given you an email address that wasn't valid, right? Like they accidentally typed in the wrong email address. And so you've never had their real email address and it's been bad the whole time. You'll find all kinds of interesting things when you dig into the, there have been times where if you pull all of your email addresses, sort them alphabetically, and then and look at the, the after the at sign, you'll see some that maybe they put G-M-S-I-L, like they, they missed the A in Gmail, and it's just misspelled. It's like, okay, those are some people that you can recapture. So there's all kinds of things that you can dig into. I recognize it's not like everybody's got all the time in the world to dig in on this stuff, but these are like little bitty tasks that you can do along the way just to make it Yeah, and I think I was better. going back to just setting some goals. And if so if you're under the 20%, really work to work on these little things that you've just discussed to get them above the 20%. And then I know that for, for myself anyways, it is so important that or it's so difficult to get somebody that has opted out to opt back in for whatever reason. It's It takes a second to hit the opt out button and it takes a week sometimes to get them back to opt in if you're, especially on some platforms that make it super difficult to opt back in. So the over sending is such a, it could really have some big ramifications on how much you sell and how much you sell per email. And I think you had, you said it very well that you're going to make money every time you send, but it is a down, it could be a downward slope. The more you send, the less you, you make per email. So yeah. Is there any specific content right now that makes emails stand out more. And I think uh, let's do the example of a text email versus something that has a lot of graphics or video in it. Is there a mixture of something you'd recommend? I would recommend you to test. It's one of those things that that's starting to get into who is your audience, right? And so as a company that provides email for a lot of different people, we see it all over the board. I, and I've been surprised. Like we've got some people that are sending to a large group of, it's an association and they send to a large group of surgeons. They've told us, look, we don't want images. We don't, we want headline and a little bit of, of summary text because these are people that are most likely just skimming. Like they want to see headline, boom, they're very busy. They don't have a lot of time. Don't muddy it up with images. Just get straight to the point. You've got other folks that are way more visual and, and fewer words that you start to get into some email delivery things with that because there's like a text to image ratio that gets factored into is this spam or not and you start having some filters that may block you out on that and but at the end of the day it's really who is your you're going to know your customers the and start do a little bit of each until you find oh this one seemed to work the thing i caution people to remember is the open rates are an indicator of two things, three, your your reputation, right? If you've built up the reputation that they need to open it. But what they see is the send from name and the subject line. Maybe they see some preview text, but those two things are what get them to open. If you have a very low open rate, it doesn't matter how beautiful your email is. 
It doesn't matter what you put in that. 92% of people didn't see it if you've only got an 8% open. So you really need to figure out, is it the send from name turning people off? Is it the subject line that's turning people off? Am I sending so much that they don't even give me the time of day? So maybe you should send less. Or do I have a bunch of trash emails on my list? So I need to clean those up, right? It, it, you, and you're not going to know any of that unless you test. Don't just do one thing and be like, well, I've got my mark, I've, I've got my email marketing plan. No, you, you kind of, you got to test things out because you'd be surprised. I, I would have told you the shorter subject lines are always better. I've seen times where a really long subject line blew it out of the water because it just hit what it said and the timing of it was right. Be careful of very strict, like the rules of email because email is very generic and your business is very specific. So do the thing that's specifically good for your business, which may be different than the generics of email. Yeah, so I, just targeting on that subject line, do you recommend personalization? I know a lot of platforms will allow you to add a first name in or something like that. Is there anything special about the subject line that you've seen that gets good open rates? You're, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I, you got to test it. I think you put it... You put some personalization in from time to time. If every single subject line you send is Brent, comma, and then the rest, like they're going to get, they, they're like, oh, I see what's going on here. It's not really anything special. So you, you still have to mix it up. I go back to the example of just in real life conversation. If you did something the same way every single time you saw someone, that person's probably, I know what that guy's going to say, so I'm going to go the other direction. I'm not, I'm just going to avoid the conversation. So you got to mix it up. So don't be afraid to test and try things out until you feel like you, you hit on something. But yeah, the personalization is good. I, I try short subject lines, but don't be afraid to sprinkle in some long ones that are, I've, I've tried them across the board. I've gotten myself into trouble where people are like, oh, that was a bait and switch or whatever. It made it look like it was a, a transaction email when it wasn't. Or, hey, you forgot this. And they're like, what did I forget? And they're like, oh, you forgot to read my email. People are, I don't think that works as much. And that's what we were doing 12, 15 years ago. But um, people are pretty savvy with email because it's the thing they've been using the whole time they've been in, 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 in engaging with the internet. Like they, they know how to use it. And so they know how to snip things out really quickly. So you, you got to keep evolving. Yeah, and I, I've heard you say it over and over again, test, test. And after you've done testing, test some more. Make sure you're tracking what you're doing and then yep. learning from that. There's nothing better that you can do than to make sure that each of those KPIs or metrics that you're working on and then just continually test to improve them. I think the worst thing you can do is just have an automatically sent email that somebody does and never look and see what anybody does with it. Certainly, if you're not using right. email to, to engage your audience, you're missing out on a big part of what you can be doing. And not just e-commerce, but any content-led field. We have a few minutes left. Is there any industries or verticals that you would focus on or recommend or for your platform? Or is it across the board that would work for anybody? So let me, you're talking about KPIs. We didn't bring this up. I want to bring up this one last thing that I think is interesting. It's not really a metric you find in platforms, but it's, you. everybody knows about opens and clicks. But if you can get a reply rate, and, and it's going to be super low, so maybe it's not a rate. You just see how many people reply. 
One other thing you can do just to see where you are is pose a question or something that means that makes the person have to reply back to you, which it doesn't matter what color is your shirt. That's boring and people aren't going to reply. But if you could just get them to hit reply, that's somebody that's paying attention and you need to pay attention to that. And so that's one way to see the health of your list is are you getting is it just a one way communication from you to them or are you engaging them are they replying back hey that was a great article that you sent me about this mountaintop river that i'd never heard of that i can go fly fishing on i'm really going to look into that right that's what you'll start to see if you're doing it and something to pay attention to as far as on rasa it Everybody is sending email. I think it can work for everyone. I'm sorry. I think it could work for anyone. I'm not going to say it works for everyone. There are definitely people that we found that the content may not be there on the regularity or it's not quite the, the way they want it. Usually, though, it's less about the content and it's more about the sender's mindset of are they willing to have this thing that goes out that's not overtly sales oriented. Are they willing to do something that's helpful and relevant to their customers, to their audience, and may not have a direct ROI associated with it immediately? Not everybody can wrap their head around. They all, everything I do has to have dollars come in. And what, what we would encourage you to consider is, well, but if you can build a relationship, then what's the ROI on that? If you can be someone that's viewed as helpful to your customers, I imagine that you can see some some real returns on that over time as opposed to the Yeah, and I, I, I'll just comment on the reply or asking questions. It is, I can think of nothing worse than to, Ed, if you get an email, say, from the CEO of a company that says, hey, tell me what isn't working with our product or something like that. And you reply and you tell them, and then they never get back to you. Or as I've had the example with, right. with chat features, a lot of chat features, if they're not there, they'll allow you to send a message. I was looking at a new product. I can't even remember what the product was. But I went into their chat that said somebody will be here in 20 minutes. They never showed up. So after 20 minutes, you may be sitting there with the thing open. I said, I'll just send the email. I'll, okay, boom, I hit. Okay, I'll send it. Ask the question. It took them more than a week to get back to me. Having, and that just this applies to social media as well. If you're watching your email, if you're sending your email, you're asking questions, you're wanting people to engage. Engagement is two ways, right? So I think a lot of business owners get stuck into the idea of this is a click and send, and you then click send, forget, right? The whole idea is that you're engaging and building those relationships, and those relationships then are built on you answering questions. And the most value you get out of any company is when somebody can help you. And like we would partner together to build a better company through whatever you're selling, through the service, or however that works. So all I can say is that if you are doing that strategy, and I, I think it's a great strategy to get people to reply, to ask questions, make sure somebody's there to answer them, and answer them in a timely format. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday, but certainly it should be 
within a business day or something like that. So Jared, I think towards the end of, of a podcast, I always give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug. You can promote anything you want. What would you like to promote today? We've been promoting it all along the way. I would just say to, to finalize it, go check out Rasa. You can sign up for a free trial. It doesn't need a credit card to get started. You get two weeks to figure it out and, and see if it's something that works for you. And yeah, you're going to learn You're going to learn a lot. From, and that's rasa.io. That. And I will put the, that link in the show notes. Jared, it's been great yep. uh, speaking with you today. I'm sure that it's not minus 15 uh, Fahrenheit like it is here in Minneapolis. And I bet the Mississippi is flowing. It's not a big ice jam. You need to float. <laughs> you got to float down the river and yeah, come get yeah, some soon. I, I very much uh, appreciate the warmer weather. So thank, thanks so much for being here. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Brent. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week. This episode is brought to you by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. Be part of a great and vibrant Magento community 